Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. We're just a couple days away from basketball again. Uh, Final four for the women, I guess, is Friday night here, uh, just a few days away. Then, of course, Saturday we get the two national semifinals on the men's side. So some great basketball still ahead, but sadly enough, uh, early next week, Monday night, the national championship game, the women's national final is on Sunday. Uh, that will basically be a wrap for all of our college and high school hoops uh, this season, unfortunately. We do have the NBA, which does get better to me. Uh, I like the NBA early in October, November, before college basketball really gets going. It's something to to kind of jumpstart the basketball season, and I like the NBA again once it gets to the playoffs, I'll pay a lot more attention, and especially it gets to the NBA Finals. That's really, really fun, but uh, it, it, we'll have that ahead, so at least we've got some basketball. The good news is, uh, for IU fans and for fans of local stuff in the offseason, the basketball movement really doesn't stop too much because you've got all the uh, summer stuff, the AAU, the circuits of shoe companies that are sponsored, the Peach Jam. Uh, of course, in the month of June, you've got high school basketball summer league for the local high school team. So it never really comes to a total close, but we will definitely feel a void coming up a week or two from now once we get through the official part uh, of this season. Also, uh, McDonald's All-American game last night, no real local connections or IU connections in that game. Just a few thoughts I had watching bits and pieces of it last night. Number one, it's a shame Jalen Hood Shafino wasn't selected as a McDonald's All-American. He had to be one of the first three or four players out on the outside looking in of that game. Would have been a lot more fun to see him go against some of that top-tier talent last night uh, in the McDonald's All-American game in Chicago. The other thing is I didn't pay a whole bunch of attention to who's who. I didn't feel like there was a great Big Ten flavor to the McDonald's game this year either. But, boy, Duke has an unbelievable recruiting class and you think that it's no longer Coach K. This is the first recruiting class beyond Coach K, Coach John Shire, who will take over the program either after a semifinal loss or a national championship win or loss. He's going to be officially the new Duke head coach and boy what a class for year number one uh, that he's got coming in for next year as freshman. I would feel a lot better if I was him taking over that Blue Blood program and with the pressures that go along with that, the doubters that probably wonder can he continue what Coach K has been able to do in that program knowing I've got some of those guys that he has. I think four players in the McDonald's game last night uh, headed to Duke, the number one class, no question about that, they're going to be 
a great group to watch in uh, in college basketball next season as John Shire takes over at Duke. And then the Indiana Miss Basketball, uh, is it Ayana Patterson from the Indianapolis area? She did get a chance to participate in the women's game last night, so we did have some representation at least from our from our state and from our high school ranks last night at the McDonald's All-American game. Also, speaking of Jalen hood Shafino, I heard him talk about this numerous times last night, so I made note of it, but the Geico National Championships, basically, for high school basketball will begin later this week, and that Montverde team, who had a lot of representation uh, in that game last night, that's where hood Shafino attends high school, and they will be one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win uh, the Geico tournament coming up from Florida later this week. So you'll get a chance, if you haven't already, to see Hood Shafino uh, and kind of prepare yourself for what uh, what he could add to IU's roster next season. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll have our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Then a little bit later in the hour, it's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the daily of the uh, Bloomington Herald Times will join us as we'll catch uh, up on the latest with IU. No new movement as far as the transfer portal goes, but there's plenty to think about this offseason. And one thing I want to talk with Dustin about today is what exactly is the timeline for Trace Jackson Davis to make a decision? Is he even going to test the waters with NBA scouts in the draft this year, that deadline's coming up here, I believe, in the next week or two. So I think we'll have at least an early indication from Trace what his plans are as far as next year. Is he going to test the waters? I would be shocked if he didn't. I don't know why he wouldn't after a really good year, To even if he doesn't have the ability to get drafted or actually go to get the advice and to be able to have the communication the dialogue, and even the possible workouts with teams to find out what he could do to be a better college player next season, to find out what he can do to better himself for a year from now, maybe for the NBA draft. But we'll talk about that, some other off-season topics with Dustin when he's with us a little bit later in the hour. Also today, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He's with us Wednesdays. We talk local sports. We've got a Get, let him the opportunity to uh, recap a tremendous season for Providence that ended in a state championship on Saturday afternoon. So Josh will do that. And then baseball is off and running full force this week. New Albany played a couple games down in the uh, Nashville, Tennessee area. Jeffersonville has had some big games at home, and that continues the rest of the week. They've been uh, hosting some really good ball clubs, including Andrean from up in Gary, who defeated Jeff yesterday. Uh, Andrean always one of the best teams, regardless of class, uh, in the state of Indiana. So the Devils getting some big challenges. I saw Providence was victorious last night. And their season opener as well. So we'll catch up on high school baseball with Josh when he joins us a little bit later in the show today. Brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. And that's the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Excuse me. Uh, all right, let's get into our headlines for today. Uh, yesterday, we got a chance to hear from Brian Walsh, the new IU assistant basketball coach. He had a media availability in Bloomington, and uh, really neat to hear such a young guy 
get such a big opportunity. And even though it's a big deal, and even though he's awful young, uh, his resume is really strong. His connections are really good. And then when you hear Brian Walsh get behind the mic, you think, okay, it's going to be a young guy. He's probably never been peppered by the media before. He's probably a little nervous about taking over this big role for a big program like Indiana. But as soon as you hear him talk and as soon as you hear him take questions, uh, you understand this dude, is he's good, and he's going to be really good. So IU with a, a big, I think, a big deal to keep Brian Walsh within the program. You have to wonder, had he not been promoted – to this third coaching slot, would he have taken an opportunity elsewhere? Would he have gotten uh, an opportunity to be an on-the-floor coach and an uh, on-the-road recruiter in uh, a, a one of the three assistant coaching spots for some other Division One basketball program? But uh, also, I, I did not know this, and I guess if you pay attention to the bench, you may have noticed that Coach Walsh was missing. Normally, he sits either the first seat at the scorer's table if it's a home game in Bloomington, and then for a lot of the road games, he'll be like maybe the first seat on the second row right behind the bench. But if you paid attention, he missed one of the Big Ten uh, conference tournament games, and that's because uh, he and his wife welcomed in a baby on March 9th. So you want to talk about March Madness for him, IU playing good basketball, IU closing the regular season fairly strong, IU making a little bit of a run in the Big Ten tournament, starting with that big comeback against Michigan, then getting a big win over Illinois, and obviously in the middle of that Big Ten tournament run, having uh, an infant daughter as well. He went on to talk yesterday about how he really uh, missed a game for IU, then went back and forth the remainder of the Big Ten conference tournament. And then he jumped on the road and went to Dayton uh, with the IU team for their first NCAA tournament appearance in a number of years. He said he really missed the first four, five, six days of his daughter's life. Uh, but uh, obviously duty calls and an opportunity to be with the club uh, during the NCAA tournament. So Brian Walsh, new addition. And uh, obviously uh, he's going to be hitting the road very soon. There's a live period for coaches to get out a little bit later this spring and check out prospects at some of the AAU and some of the travel basketball stuff. But he seems like a guy that will fit right in. Obviously, he came to Indiana under Archie Miller. He was retained in a support role, which is a similar role that he had uh, under Archie Miller. He was director of basketball operations first. And then last year, he was moved to a position called team and recruitment coordinator and now hitting the coaching staff officially. But he seems to fit right in with Coach Rosemond and also Coach Hunter. Uh, good chemistry there. And I think after the Dane Fife departure and that situation, which definitely was a black eye, no matter who's at fault or who's not or who handled it right and who didn't or whose statement was right and whose statement wasn't, uh, definitely an awkward situation Whenever you have an IU alumni, especially someone of the stature of Dane Fife that is as well thought of, I think, by the IU fan base as what he is, uh, when, when somebody like that leaves or has to leave the program or whatever you want to say, seems like a safe hire and a good hire by Mike Woodson with a coaching staff that uh, appears to be all working as one unit, which I think fans are, are uh, paying a little more attention to that now after the situation and some of the rumors and things that came up around Dane Fife and that situation. So Brian Walsh officially introduced yesterday. One other thing I want to try to do, I get so many questions about 
the transfer portal. Matt, do you know who IU has contacted? Do you know who IU is interested in? Do you know if any of these guys that are hitting the portal, like Andre Curbelo from Illinois, could they fit in at Indiana for next season? And keep in mind, Indiana lost four players to the portal last week, basically earlier this week as well. Uh, But with players coming in, three of them in the 2022 class, Indiana really right now has one scholarship to play with. Now that could change quickly based on other players and decisions that they could make to leave or stay uh, here in future days. So right now, Indiana kind of limited. They can be aggressive and look and make contact and try to figure out what they want to do, at least with that one, and put a plan together should a second, third, fourth open. But um, who are they looking at? Well, there's so many names and so many rumors, and there's no way to verify who Indiana definitely has spoken with and hasn't when someone hits the portal unless that player specifically tells you that they've heard from Indiana when they list off schools that they've they've communicated with. But a couple names uh, that do make sense or that at least could make sense for Indiana, one of them was Peyton Sparks from Ball State who entered the transfer portal early last week. He's a big guy that could fit some needs for Indiana depending on who is back and who is not back for next season. Now, what could have changed with him, and I'm just speaking hypothetically here, is Michael Lewis has now been hired to take over the Ball State program. So there's a lot of excitement with Coach Lewis coming back to the state. He obviously knows what he's doing. You can bet that he spoke with Sparks and all the players on the Cardinals roster, and you have to wonder if if there's a chance maybe that uh, Peyton will reconsider and stay at Ball State for another year. Another name, and, and Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier wrote about this player yesterday that could make sense for IU is a player named Sean McNeil from West Virginia. Uh, When you talk about shooting and the struggles that IU has had in those categories and those shooting percentages, uh, McNeil, a guard from West Virginia who entered the portal on Monday, uh, has heard from Indiana. He's six foot three, two hundred and five pounds. He's a shooting guard. He averaged twelve point two points a game uh, each of the last two seasons for West Virginia. Shot thirty seven and thirty nine percent from three during those two years, and he averaged just under thirty two minutes a game for the Mountaineers over the last two seasons. And he started fifty five games over the last two seasons, well, I guess in his career at West Virginia as well. And he's an 86, just over 86% free throw shooter as well. And I didn't realize this, he's from Union, Kentucky, so uh, not far from the Hoosier State, but someone to pay attention to as far as a score, a shooter. Uh, That is the striking need that IU has to uh, improve on and get some players that can help that improvement for next season. And so when I saw McNeil hit the portal and I saw that Indiana had been in touch and you see what he's been able to do, especially shooting the ball from the three-point range, he does make sense. And, of course, Indiana must agree because they've been in contact with him. So uh, that's another name, and we'll continue to keep you posted. There is so much activity in the portal. I I tried to keep a list of Big Ten players or at least Big Ten guys of interest from the locals that we talk about a lot that are declaring for the draft or testing the waters or entering the transfer portal, and it's almost impossible. There is so much activity uh, hitting that transfer portal 
uh, basically on a daily basis. So, But Sean McNeil of West Virginia, definitely a name to pay attention to, to read up on about as Indiana gets into these uh, transfer portal waters and tries to navigate through things here over the next few weeks. Those are a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the number. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And we'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. The latest on IU basketball here in the offseason is next on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. The Big X Sports Radio golf cards for 2022 are now available. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today, BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times is my guest to talk IU basketball. And Dustin, a number of things to cover with you today, but first... Brian Walsh was officially introduced to the media yesterday as the new IU assistant basketball coach. He's a very familiar face for those of us around the program, but to hear him get on the podium, take questions, tell a little bit about his background, he's a young guy, but he's really prepared and qualified for this opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously he – you got to be impressed with just his ability to just roll the punches over the last year. I mean, obviously, the fact that Mike Woodson is was willing uh, to keep on a lot of guys from Archie Miller's staff uh, says something about him. Also, just does say something about the fact that uh, he spent so many years in the NBA and he, he doesn't necessarily have a roster of you know recruiting coordinator guys and, and director of ops guys and, and, and people like that. Um, you know, he hasn't necessarily connected with that group, so he was just like, okay, who's here? All right, well, if they work hard, I'll keep them. Um, but you know, Brian Walsh had to learn to. Um, you know, basically uh, account for somebody else. He was used to being, um, you know, part of the, the kind of Archie Miller, you know, crew. I mean, he had been with Miller since uh, since Dayton. He, that's the only guy he'd ever worked for. Um, and he played for his brother, Sean, and Xavier for a couple of years. So it's basically he was sort of out there and, and being in a position where he he was, you know, going to coach for somebody he didn't know, uh, but found a way to, to create value for him on the recruiting circuit, especially for a guy who really needed the help. I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously Mike Woodson, as we've talked about, is, is a guy who's capable of connecting with people. So that makes him good on some level as a recruiter, but the more, uh, you know, finer points, the finer details, the, um, you know, NCA rules to come along with recruiting, you know, the specifics of visits, all that kind of thing. That was new to him. Um, and Brian Walsh had to be the guy who sort of kept everything in line there uh, and did a good enough job that uh, Woodson obviously decided that he was ready for a, a full-time assistant job. But he, you know, just had a lot of interesting 
things to say. I thought yesterday he just became a new father earlier this month, uh, literally the day before uh, the Michigan game. Um, so he wasn't even at that game, and he was back and forth between uh, the hospital and hospital in Indy the rest of the week. Um, and uh, so basically all of this has kind of come on with him really fast, but he just talked about the importance of working hard and, and being good to people and basically saying that if you do those things, you're going to be okay. Um, and I thought that was a pretty inspirational message, I thought. But, uh, but yeah, no, really interesting guy who's worked hard, really you know, done a lot to achieve this opportunity opportunity uh and get a get a crack at it someplace obviously um it opens up with you know Woodson deciding to go elsewhere as far as dane five was concerned um but uh you know cool to see a, a cool opportunity for brian walsh all right with uh, kenya hunter and both uh, him and yasir roseman being promoted to associate head coaches that's obviously a move that i would think gets kenya hunter even closer to taking over his own program at some point and for your Sierra Roseman, there was so much chatter down this way about him jumping over to U of L and, and hopping on Kenny Payne's staff and the deep connection that they've had now for many years. I think that move obviously slows that down and probably ends any speculation that Yah is going to uh, leave the program after a season. But your thoughts on bumping both both of those guys up to a little bit of an elevated status and what that can mean for them in the program. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Obviously, I, I think, as you said, I think Kenya Hunter's not far away from being the head coach. Um, you know, frankly, he probably just just to make sure that he he doesn't take uh, a head coaching job that's you know maybe, maybe a little below his rank. Um, you know, Mike Woodson probably had to promote him a little bit just to, and give him a title that can come with a little bit more money. Um, obviously, that that's a big piece with those titles. I mean, there's there's you know the, the assistants are all making. You know, usually pretty similar contributions. Maybe you trust one, you know, a, a touch more than the other, and, and have you know, give them a, a little bit more authority. But ultimately, uh, a, a big piece of it is just having a title that you can you can circle and say, well, this guy gets paid a little bit more. Um, in this case, you know, I, I should be able to get a little bit more more from him out of the pool and whatnot. Um, so, or expand the pool for that reason, as far as just getting money to assistance, which is obviously a big thing that, that head coaches want is be able to pay their guys well. Um, so, you know, I, I think th- those are big pieces. But obviously, again, it's it's a title that he can carry around um, that when when it comes time, whether it's next year or the year after that, uh, to you know, for for him to look into something that, that fits for a head coaching job that that will be valuable. I think for having that on his resume. Um, but you know, I think good for both guys. Good for Yasir too. I mean, it's it's it, Hunter gets him closer, but I don't think Yasir has been in this position before. You know, obviously just getting this job was kind of getting him back um, rolling after he got in, in some ways uh, twisted up in the FBI investigation, um, you know, just for being in the room basically and saying something that, that vaguely didn't sound good uh, as far, you know, but, but no, you know, sort of involvement in any of that, you know, paying guys off was uh, you know, proven as far as he was concerned. Um, but, but that's, I think, a, again, a, a good step in the right direction for him. He's obviously made a lot of uh, important strides with this group and recruiting a, a bunch of guys, obviously have your Sears name on them uh, as far as guys they've gotten so far. So all of this, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's good. I mean, obviously the whole, you know, the Dane Five situation is separate from that, but um, you know, good good for these guys that they're they're moving up um, and you know, just basically proving their value, I guess, to to Indiana staff. All right, uh, talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, a couple questions on the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four. 1450 Miro Little the recruit from Finland or potential recruit from Finland that IU and Dane Fife specifically spent a lot of time going over there to connect and visit with him does Fife's departure 
take Indiana out of the picture for Little. And I'd even heard before, I think it was just before Fife's uh, announcement, or Woodson's announcement that Fife would be leaving, that Baylor was in really good shape with Little. So any update on him? That's the first one from the text line. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any in particular. I imagine obviously that that will would cause an issue. Um, you know, obviously you you, uh, you care about your guy there. But that being said, that doesn't mean that they're all the way out. Obviously, Baylor, like as you mentioned, is in has offered. You know, is is uh, you know go to twenty four seven. He's like at the top of the list right now. Um, but you know, and, that, and that's just a tough team to beat right now, just considering how successful Baylor's been over the last few years. Um, and so I, I imagine it will have an effect. Um, again, just because Fife has been his guy, but that doesn't mean that they're out of it. Um, obviously, I think he was in town for the Purdue upset, so he has that in his mind, having seen what that looks like. Um, you know, and that's not something that changes based on the assistant coach. Uh, obviously, just the involvement that Indiana fans have and what it's like uh, when you win there. So you would have to think that that at least continues to have some effect. I mean, I'm sure he met the rest of the guys this year and, and Kenya Hunter. Uh, and as long as they still want him, you would have to think that. Um, you know that that losing Fife won't quite be enough uh, unless he's got really bad misgivings about Dane or anything like that, or really feels like he was mistreated or or really got close to him. Um, so I, I don't know that at this point. I don't uh, uh, have a direct line to him over in Finland, but um, it, it'll be interesting to see if that has any effect or not. All right. Uh, the other question, and I was getting ready to head this direction on the transfer portal. Uh, Texter writes: Just curious on transfers. Does the program ever ask a player to transfer, or is 100% the player's decision? Any any thoughts on that, uh, Dustin? Uh, they, sir, I, I mean, programs certainly do. I mean, I don't know what has happened in this case. You know, these guys haven't taken my calls, um, but it. You know, sometimes it. it they very clearly say, you know, whether it's we're asking you to leave. I mean, like they're they're rarely that far out. What they really tend to do is, is say, hey, look, here's what your playing time looks like next year. It's probably you probably have a better chance of going someplace else and and getting more playing time someplace else. You know, like this this is what it looks like. This is what the roster looks like. This is what we see as far as you know who we like more. Um, and it's going to be really really hard for you to play. Um, yeah, that that sort of the thing is just sort of laying it down. Um, and it, it, it and that's legal. I mean, and they can just tell you we we don't think you know you should stay. Um, and so that, there's no rule against that um, of, of them just being honest and saying we we think this is where you fit. And you know, frankly, we think it's better for you and for us if you go elsewhere. You know, that's that's totally legal. Now, I, like I said, did Mike Woodson do that in this case? I don't know. I mean, obviously, they needed to, to clear out space. Um, and you know, to what degree, I mean, I'm sure he had to be honest with these guys. And uh, I imagine that's what, um, moves them along is he must've said, Hey, look, you know, like we're bringing in, like if you're Rob, if you're Rob Finnessy, it's like, Hey, we're bringing in Jalen Huchifino. You know, that's obviously something that's probably going to cut into your playing time next year. You know, Christian Lander, same way. Um, so what, but you know, it seemed like Lander was already, already kind of heading that direction. Um, as the season was winding down anyway. So it's just a situation where, you know, it, it's, you know, who, who said what you'll probably, you might never know. Um, but obviously there is information that comes from the coaching side that tells you, you know, Hey, it might be best for you to go try to go someplace else. All right, Dustin, one other question from the Thornton's text line. What are the odds that race and or trace come back? We don't need bigs. I guess he means from the portal, do we? Uh, you might. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think 
to me, I mean, I, I think Trace Jackson Davis has to at least test the waters. I mean, I, I don't see um, – there's no downside for him, and he, it does seem like his name is going up the list as far as draft boards are concerned. I mean, I think NBA draft up that had him as a first-round pick last week. Uh, saw a Bleacher Report mock draft that had him as a second-round pick, and that's a change. Um, you know, recently, I, mean, I think his performance down the stretch in the Big Ten tournament and then in the game against Wyoming definitely helped his cause. I think a lot of people that um, matter as far as um, – Decision makers in the NBA saw him perform really well. I mean, I know, uh, you know, when I was at the Big Ten tournament, I saw, um, you know, a bunch of big wigs from the Golden State Warriors there with Bob Myers and uh, and Mike Dunleavy Jr. were sort of right behind me. So those guys are in the building. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, I mean, the Warriors are going to pick relatively late, but, um, and I, I have no idea if that's even a team that's interested in him. But the bottom line was, I mean, he performed well, and I think he showed how effective he could be, um, even really without showing the jump shot. I and mean, I think that's a lot of things that Indiana fans think is that, oh, well, he hasn't showed a jump shot yet, and that's the only way he can go. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, obviously, I think the athleticism, the ability to score around the rim, ability to rim run, ability to block shots, rebound, um, there's still a value. I mean, that doesn't mean you're going to be a starter or one of the best you know, power forwards in the league. Um, but you could, I mean, I, I think you can look at J- Jackson Davis and see somebody who can contribute to a team in the NBA level as a role player. Um, and that's, you know, when, when you're looking at the bottom of the first round, that's what you're looking at. Those guys have their stars already. They don't necessarily need somebody um, who's going to show up and score 30 a game. Um, so, I mean, he's, I, I would have to think it makes sense for him to at least enter the draft, go to the combine, go do some workouts, get a, a really specific uh, line from the NBA telling them, telling him, hey, you know, like this is where we think you need to get better. This is how far along we think you are right now. Um, you can go now and you'll, be, you'll get drafted here. And if you don't, you know, you'll get drafted there. I, I can't see why it would make sense for him to at least go. And if he founds out that he's a late second round pick, it probably makes sense for him to come back. Um, you know, I'm sure there's enough NIL money to make up for um, that, that basically he might make more there than he might make in the G League, but it's something that's going to be considered. Thompson's obviously in a, a different issue, and I think it just comes down to does Ray Thompson want to be uh, want to do a six year in college? I mean, I'm sure he's. Yeah, I imagine he's got his degree. I'm not sure what his master's degree situation is, um, but you know, it, it's basically it's like, do you want to spend six years in college? That's a long time um, to be there, and, or do you want to start? You know, your professional career. Do you want to move on? Obviously, he was pretty emotional about his in his senior day. Um, so, I mean, again, he might not be done, but all the same, uh, it, it might be something that he considers. So if we still don't know yet, and those guys obviously still have a lot of uh, questions to weigh. Um, and, and if both of those guys leave, then you very much need a guy in the portal. And I think you probably need a guy in the portal anyway, with just with door leaving, um, unless they feel really good about Logan Duncan. And considering he barely ever played, it's hard to imagine that they do. Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. I saw an article, and uh, I've I've got it bookmarked to talk about in in depth a little bit later next week as things slow down. But an article that I thought really, as I read it, it, it did not name any specific player or Trace Jackson Davis, but it really does make you wonder. And I don't know Trace's NIL specifics. I know he's had some deals, at least two or three that immediately come to mind I can think of. I don't even know that I have any clue what the value of those deals is. But uh, it was talking, the point of the story was uh, borderline NBA prospects, which I think it's very safe to put Trace Jackson Davis in that category right now. Uh, Could NIL deals... Uh, keep them in college another year? Does it make more financial sense for maybe the first time ever to return to college and get uh, more of a guarantee with NIL deals and then play another year, then try the NBA if you're a borderline type guy? Do you think the NIL opportunities that Trace had this year, and 
you would think more potentially next year if he were to return, especially coming off of a reasonably good season and an NCAA tournament appearance, and he's going to be honored, already has with some postseason awards. Uh, could that be a, a big factor in keeping him at Indiana for another season? I would have to think so. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, I think uh, you, you have to consider that. I mean, money is, money is a big piece of it. Um, if I mean, the, the way I would look at it, or the way it seems to make sense to me, um, is that you're really comparing it to a G League contract. And you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, what is your, if, if, you're, if you're picked in the second round, especially if you're mid to late second round, uh, it's likely your first year is going to be spent in the G League. So the question is, what's, what's the balance there? What makes sense? And frankly, there's, there's two sides to that coin, too. Um, it's, it's obviously like, are, are you going to be making more money in the G League? And there's, there's I mean, I, I think it's probably safe to say that he would make more money sticking around at Indiana through NIL uh, than he would in the G League. I don't know what that number is. You know, I've, I've heard he's making a pretty good amount of money. I know he had one with the bank uh, at the beginning of the year. I mean, he was probably one of the first guys. I, mean, I, would, I would have to think he's the most... Um, you know, sort of, pro- I guess, profitable just to get straight to the way. I mean, he, 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 I think right now he's the most visible player on IU's campus, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to think of, because I, I think the kid from the diving guy, Capabianco, I think he's, he, I think he's graduated. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's still sort of the most marketable person uh, on campus. And, and so there's good money to be made in Bloomington. I, I, I would not be surprised if it's six figures. And that probably puts you ahead of uh, anybody in um, in in the G League, so that so so there's the money piece. Now I think the flip side of it for a guy like Jackson Davis is does it make sense for you to go develop somewhere where the games don't matter? Um, I, I think that's a big key. Is obviously we've talked so much about his jump shot, and in three years, even though Mike Woodson again said like I'm going to demand you take that jump shot, it didn't happen, and a big part of the reason is just it's just not the right shot in in the course of the game. Um, it makes sense to say, okay, well, he should take more jump shots. But you know, how many times, you know, within the within the game, does he get the ball and think, you know, what I need to step back ten feet from where I'm posting up and take a jump shot? That's the sensible move right now. That's the best way to get two points. Uh, it usually isn't. And so the, the thing about it is, if, if he's going to shoot a lot of jump shots and have to prove that, um, it makes sense for him to do it at, a, at the G League level, where no one cares if you win the game. It just matters if you develop. That's all that matters. No one cares what your record is at all. Uh, where in college they still do. Um, so there's a flip side to that. I think of, of that maybe the best place he could go to get better um but certainly the nil money is going to make a difference because again what what sense does it make if you can make six figures uh to go somewhere where you're only to make mid fives and, and obviously there's two-way contracts and there's a whole bunch of deals involved there um but bottom line there's there's probably more guaranteed money for him from nil uh than there is uh at the professional level right now all right uh, dustin dopirak bloomington herald times with us wednesdays real quick as we go out any quick update on how spring football practices are going for Coach Allen and IU. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got to talk to those guys. A couple of those guys got to talk to Tom Allen on Monday, um, and we talked to the running backs coach yesterday. And, and, I mean, they say everything's good. Obviously we haven't been there yet to really compare. Uh, you know, Tom likes the focus. I think he likes how the coaching staff. Uh, the really rebuilt coaching staff is getting along. Obviously, he's got five new guys in there and, and two new coordinators. Um, and so, so far, he likes the chemistry. He likes Chad Wilt, basically, who's sort of his backup as defensive coordinator, even though he's got the name. You know, Wilt has the title. Tom Allen's going to be the one calling the plays, but Wilt is going to be the one who's uh, really organizing the defense, you know, just really putting together drill work and everything like that during the week. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I think they, they, they seem pretty happy, but obviously – 
I mean, so much of this team is being reworked. They're coming off the two and ten, and they really have to, you know, basically make decisions almost everywhere. Really, quarterback, running back, and wide receiver is all going to be new guys, more or less. Um, so there's a lot of work that has to happen, but I think they're happy with the beginnings, the really fundamental stuff uh, that's going on and getting started at this point. You know, obviously, you're a long way from having any idea what this team's going to look like. All right, Dustin Dopirak. Again, Dustin is with us Wednesdays. Appreciate the chat. All right, thanks so much. All right, Dustin, always with good stuff on IU basketball, football, really any topic. Uh, glad to have him with us Wednesdays here on the show. Uh, as we go to break, Gabe Cups, I just read this, uh, Centerville, Ohio. He's a IU recruit in the class of 2023, just named as a junior Ohio's Mr. Basketball. Uh, that award voted on by media in the state. His uh, Centerville team, coached by his father, uh, undefeated in the regular season and lost a bid to repeat as state champions uh, the Division One state final a few weeks ago by Pickerington Central. But another great year by Gabe Cups, uh, a true point guard, I think is an easy, simple way to describe him. He is Ohio's Mr. Basketball as a junior. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk local sports with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, presented by Major League Shirt Company. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment here on this Wednesday program brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com to find out more. With me right now, sports editor of the News and Tribune, Josh Cook, for a chat on local sports and Josh, we've got to give you the opportunity here to start with Providence basketball, bringing another state championship back to the area. Just an amazing performance from start to finish on Saturday. Your thoughts? Yeah, just uh, first quarter was unbelievable. I mean, what what a way to start, and it was it was pretty much over after that. I mean, they uh, they just played so great in the first quarter. You know, you worry about nerves and. Uh, uh, you know, are you going to be able to shoot the ball well there? But, boy, they did. 10-14 uh, in the first quarter, hit four or five threes. Uh, you know, no turnovers in the first quarter, just just as close to perfect as they as they probably could have played. And, you know, up 25-9, to nine, they just they just rode, uh, rode that all the way home. And that was just uh, an, an unbelievable performance. You know, it was a, it was a great run uh, this whole postseason for Providence. And, you know, just a, just a tribute to to those kids and uh, Ryan Miller and his coaches there at Providence. It was, uh, you know, yet another uh, state championship for Providence, which you know, in the last ten years has had just a just a great uh, great run as far as uh, as far as championships go. And you know, who knows how many more they would have had if uh, if volleyball was, was playing in two A instead of four A. But uh, you know, that's that's another discussion for another time. But 
just a, just a great run for the Pioneers. Yeah, most most definitely. All right, uh, high school baseball underway and uh, lots of big games right out of the gate. Jeffersonville uh, has a homestand this week to begin the season, and they started yesterday with a very good team from Gary Andrean, who seems to make their way to the state final almost every year from the northern half of the state. But Jeff lost that one. New Albany down in Nashville, they've lost two games down there, but have been very competitive, I understand. And uh, all the teams getting underway, it's fast and furious early season baseball this week. A little cold for me, though, out there. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, it was yesterday, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't baseball weather yesterday, but yeah, several, several, uh, a couple of teams got going, but then uh, several more get going today, which is going to be more like baseball weather. So yes. That's good for them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's a big time for baseball. Uh, uh, I think Providence started yesterday, too, with the, with the win, so to kick off their defense of their state title. And then we've got uh, uh, Borden, which is number one in class. They, uh, they, they played them. They host Mitchell today, I believe. So that's, you know, they're, they're getting going. And then uh, uh, softball, softball is underway, and they're, they're playing some games too today. So uh, perfect day. I think this is the best day of the week and, uh, uh, to play outdoor sports. And I think it's the busiest day of the week for our area softball and uh, baseball team. So that's, that's good. And it'll be, that'll be great weather today. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, hopefully get us going in the right direction here. Yes, absolutely. And I, I was told, I think I've got my numbers right here, but double digit major league scouts in attendance earlier this week when New Albany played one of their opponents down in Nashville, Tennessee, or at least that uh, immediate area when Tucker Biven was uh, starting on the mound. Uh, lots of radar guns tracking every move that he makes this season as he's uh, got an opportunity to go to Louisville. He's been committed there since before his freshman year, but also is kind of rising up in some of the uh, MLB uh, mock drafts and things that are out there as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh... What happens with Tucker this season? You know, he's a uh, he's a great talent and uh, you know, great great athlete. I should say, you know, he's great in basketball and he's uh, you know even better in baseball. So we'll we'll see what happens with him. But uh, yeah, I expect uh, he and the Bulldogs to have to have a great year. I know they're they're ranked tenth in the state in four A, but uh, you know it, they're playing that just unbelievably competitive sectional with Jeff and Floyd Central. So it's going to be a going to be a heck of a season uh that's for sure i can't uh i can't wait to wait to wait to get it going and uh wait to see some of these teams in action yeah no question all right uh locally borden number one in the coaches preseason baseball poll in their class providence number one jeff and new albany both in the top 10 there were other teams ranked or that got votes as well silver creek should have a solid year floyd central uh should join new albany and jeff as a contender in 4a uh, just to kind of sum it up, I know it starts this week and it's going to get warmer and better and a lot of teams have some home games coming up that might be on the road right now, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see if we could I, – I hate to go right there so quick, but it's going to be interesting to see could we get another team in the state championship game uh, in baseball. It's been a normal thing here, like basketball recently, and I'd like to see if we can keep our streak alive here. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't be surprised at all to to see that happen. Uh, you know, I think I've said it before we, you know, we we were close to having you know two, three, four teams playing for state titles last year. You know, 
Borden lost in the semi-state, and then uh, uh, Silver Creek lost to the eventual state champion and uh, Southridge in the regional, and uh, Floyd Hunter lost to the eventual state champion Jasper in the regional. So um, we were so close last year, and uh, uh, maybe we'll get there this year. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be should be a whale of a spring around here, and uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens and, and how far all these teams go that's for sure josh cook sports editor of the news and tribune let's close with sean e sean is actually scheduled to join the program on monday and talk about his season and his recruiting he's had some visits recently to byu and also most recently over the weekend to Missouri. He told me that uh, nothing's scheduled for this weekend because it starts a dead period. But uh, he's had uh, interest from a lot of schools. He listed recently Missouri, Purdue, Xavier, USF, Georgetown, BYU, Oregon, Pittsburgh, Clemson, Mississippi State. I know he's had others contact him as well. I think he's planning on cutting his list very soon also, so I hope to hear more from him on that when he joins us next week. But, man, he's got a list of schools. Yeah, that's that's an impressive list, to say the least. He's got to be one of the, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I guess we can say grad transfer, free agents, whatever you want to say, but – He's got to be one of the one of the uh, one of the top ones in in uh, D one this year, so that that's great for him. You know, unbelievable last game he had, and unfortunately lost. But you know, he had forty three points, I think, in their uh, in their loss. But yeah, he's he's going to be he's going to be a heavily sought after player, and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because we see all these uh, kids in in D one transferring, and then you know they go to other schools and they're playing in Final Fours or. You know, maybe that'll happen for Sean. Hopefully so. That'd be awesome. That's Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, his weekly segment brought to us by Major League Shirt Company. And that's going to wrap up this Wednesday program. I'll be back with you Thursday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>